everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I think it is kind of an obvious point to say that we all love candy, don't you? Everybody loves candy, and that's why we decided to call this Christmas experience a candy cane Christmas. There's no doubt about it, the candy cane is the king of all candy during the Christmas holidays. Over two billion candy canes are sold during the four weeks of the Christmas holidays. That's a lot of cane, man. That's some serious, serious candy. Moreover, I read this on the World Wide Web, you know it's true, the largest candy cane in the history of the world 51 feet long. Again, that's a giant candy cane, but we love candy. I mean, I like candy cane. I don't know if I love candy cane, but I like candy cane. What's your favorite candy? Don't blurt it out, but mine is, not that you care, but I'll tell you, mine is the ubiquitous Kit Kat bar. I love Kit Kat. I love Kit Kat. And sometimes if I'm feeling stressed out now and then, I will have a feeding frenzy like a bunch of sharks. I'll just, I'll just tear up some candy. Everybody likes candy. In my travels, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of traveling. I've never seen a culture that doesn't like candy. I also found out the average American eats, this is sad, but it's true, 24 pounds of candy a year. Whoa! Man, you're talking about a sugar high. Whoa! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I thought I'd do a candy test for everyone here because The candy makers, these people are very creative. They know how to get the right combination of salt and sugar and preservatives to keep us coming back. They know how to have these catchy, pithy sayings. They know how to use the different colors on the wrappers to say, whoa, I want some candy. So I'm gonna see how good you are. They melt in your mouth, not in your hand. Oh, that was simple. Give me a break, give me a break. Break me off a piece of that. All right, that's good. Sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. We love some candy, don't we? Now this is a little bit tricky. It's all in the mix. Twix, yeah, yeah, good. You, you guys are pretty, pretty candy-centric. I'm very, very impressed. We do have sweet tooths, don't we? we? We we like things that are sweet. And then, you know, we say things that are sweet. Like we're playing golf and someone hits a great shot. Oh, sweet shot. Sweet shot, we say. Or, or maybe we see someone, sweet outfit. Man, that's sweet. That's sweet. Oh, I closed a sweet deal. We like, we like to say that, you know. Sweet, man. That's sweet. That's sweet. And then we also use candy. Like, guys, this will help you. Call your wife's arm candy, because she is. I'm just saying that. She's arm candy and eye candy, right? Well, today, hopefully, I can give you some ear candy as we talk about the meaning, the real meaning of Christmas, because I can explain Christmas, the Christmas story. If if you're not familiar with it, I can explain the Christmas story using candy. You might be saying, Ed, come on, get out of town. I'm serious. Think about this. The Three Musketeers bar, the three wise men, followed the starburst. It led them to Herod, the atomic fireball. And Herod asked his religious leaders, the Snickers, about 
the birth of Jesus. In the meantime, the angels were singing almond joy and the shepherds were jawbreakers and these jolly ranchers ran to the powerhouse, the manger, where they saw Eminem, Mother Mary, and Pop Rocks, Joseph, swaddling the savior of the world, the candy cane, and if we connect the dots, we'll have a payday here and forever. Candy, I told you. Man, you can look at candy. You might be going, hey, that's kind of a stretch. Candy, you're using candy, really? To talk about the Christmas story? Well, think about the Bible for a second. The Bible, the best-selling book of all time, it's been dissected. People have tried to say it's not real. They've thrown this and that at the Bible. The Bible keeps on standing strong. The Bible can take your skepticism. It can take your scientific background. It can take your intellectualism. In fact, God does not want us to check our brains at the doors before we become Christian. So just check the Bible out. But here's something interesting in the Bible. There's something called numerology. The number one is referred to as God. Number two would be sin. Number three is the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Seven will be a number of completion. The number 40 will be a number of suffering. Numerology in the Bible. Then of course we have things in the Bible that are illustrations, that are types, that are shadows of Jesus. Stay with me. For example, Jonah was a type of Christ. What? Well, he was in the whale's belly for three days. Then he was coughed back up on shore. Jesus was buried three days, rose again. Are you feeling me? Moses, a type of Christ, led the children of Israel out of Egyptian slavery, a type of Christ. So, so you have different types. You have the whole sacrificial system in the Old Testament. The killing of lambs, a spotless lamb, an innocent third party would spill its blood to atone for the sins of the people. And of course, we know that Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice. He, the Lamb of God, takes away the sins of the world. So all those things are types, are shadows. And then when the Lord spoke, and people were like on the edge of their seats, and, and crowds followed him, he used things that people could identify with. Like, hey, there's a sower. Hey, hey, here's, here, here, here's a child. A, a building just fell over. He preached from boat bows and beaches. He drew in the sand. He used things that his culture could connect with. So that's what all we're doing. We're just taking the ubiquitous candy cane and saying, you can find Christmas in the candy cane. The Bible says this, very cool verse, Psalm 34. Now, when you see something in blocks, I want you to say it with me. That means you and me. One, two, three. Taste and see that the Lord is good, very good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Now we take refuge, don't we, in comfort food, in sweets, especially around this time of year. Too many family members, too much shopping, too much this and that. It's like, whoa, I need me some sweets. And most everybody has a sweet tooth. But today we're gonna hear about a sweet truth, but yes, we do have a sweet tooth. Isn't it true that we've all tried things that we thought would satisfy our sweet tooth, yet they've ended up actually making us taste a bitter substance? I mean, am I the only one? Whenever we turn away from God and do what we want to do, think about it. It's like, okay, oh, that looks sweet. I'm going to, I'm going to try that. And we try it and 
we have that sugar high and then we come down. So we try something else away from God. We have that sugar high and then we come down. I believe that our taste buds, our soulish taste buds have drawn us to this place to hear what Christmas is all about. Christmas, let me say it again, is about the candy cane and the candy cane is about Christmas. When you walked in, you were handed one. Everyone take the candy cane out, yeah. But you were handed a piece of this hard candy. This, this, this is hard, man. I got a hard head, look. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard. So I don't know how much these things cost, but they cost something and we gave them to you free. They're, they're wrapped and they're really, they're really tasty. Well, this is not a straight piece of candy. It's crooked. Man, that speaks to me because I'm not straight, I'm crooked. I have messed up. I'm not a straight arrow, nor are you. The only straight arrow was Jesus and is Jesus. Yeah, we're crooked. People say, oh, he's a crook. People say, she's a crook. Well, we're all crooked. We really are. Sometimes I'll meet people and they'll go, man, so, so you're the pastor of Fellowship Church? That's a big honking church, man. And now and then people will say, you know, I'm just not gonna go to fellowship because that church is, I'm, I know some people there, it's full of hypocrites. Go tell me that. I'll go, no, we're not full of hypocrites. There's always room for one more. <laughs> because, because I'm a hypocrite. Everybody's a hypocrite. We're all crooked, so we have this problem. We're crooked. The Bible says we're born that way. No one taught me how to do what I wanna do. No one taught me how to lie or steal or think impure thoughts. No one taught me that. I just know how to do it. So we got a problem. God's straight, we're crooked. And this candy cane illustrates that. We sin. Sin is simply missing the mark. But then also too, I like this candy cane because it's shaped like a shepherd's staff. Jesus is called the good shepherd. A shepherd's staff. So he uses a shepherd's staff, and if you go to Israel, like I've gone many times, the shepherd's staff is used to nudge sheep. Isn't it true sometimes that, and, and, and you know human beings, the Bible compares us to sheep. That's a weak sheep, isn't it? It's better, it's better. Yeah, because we're all bad, right? We, we all do what we wanna do. We're like sheep, and sheep, I do know this about sheep, you can lead a sheep just off a cliff. That sheep will just go, boom. They're not that smart. A good shepherd, though, lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is our good shepherd. In fact, in John chapter 10, okay, we're ready to read again. I am the That's what Jesus said. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I've seen shepherds in Israel with four or five flocks all mixed together and I'm thinking, how in the heck do they know which sheep are theirs and which sheep are the other? They have this distinctive though, little whistle. <laughs> or <laughs> everyone has a different one. And those sheep, they know the whistle of their shepherd. Jesus is speaking to you and to me. He's calling you and me. We have a freedom of choice. We're not robots. We either turn and follow him or not. Jesus nudges us. 
The shepherd protects and perfects. He guides and provides. And, and Jesus, you know what Jesus is, is, is into? He is into going after lost sheep. Isn't that great? That's how much we matter to God. We matter so much to God. In fact, you can read Luke chapter 15 as Jesus talks about lost sheep and a lost coin and a lost son. And, and, and he said, when, when all those things are found, there's a party that goes on. So the shepherd is looking for those sheep and he uses the shepherd's staff to gently corral them and move them into the fold. And Jesus is doing that. If you're a follower of Christ, and I'm, I'm a follower of Christ, the Lord has straightened me out by his grace, not by my works, but by my faith and what he did on the cross for me. But as a Christian, I should understand that I am a candy cane to some people. And that's a heavy responsibility. That means that we can be Jesus to people. In fact, Lisa and I were on a flight about a week ago with a young woman, and she began to share her story with us. And she has just an amazing story. And the more she talked, the more I thought about, man, this girl is a candy cane in her sphere of influence. God has placed her where she is to be that candy cane, to, to, to lovingly and gently bring her friends into the fold. So maybe someone invited you here. Maybe you're like, man, my wife drugged me here or drugged me here, I don't know. I didn't sign up to go to church, but it's Christmas Eve and I'm gonna go with the program. I mean, I understand that. God uses all sorts of things to bring us into a relationship with him, yet you have to make the call. I have to make the call. Another thing that the shepherd does, and this is not too popular to talk about, but I've gotta talk about it. The good shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. You know, the Bible talks a lot about eternity. And it says that we choose eternity. God does not slam dunk people to a Christless eternity. We choose that. Yet at the end of the hunt, when we clock out of here, those of us who were sheep, those of us who have responded to Christ's voice will spend eternity with him in heaven. Those who have not, the goats, will face a Christless eternity. Yet, Human beings choose a Christless eternity. So if you are a goat and end up being a goat, you'll have to go against the will of the good shepherd. But that's something else the shepherd does. And that's simply why we have church, one of the reasons. That's why we are so focused on people because Jesus is focused on people. People matter to God and people are spending an eternity on the other side of, of, of the grave, either in heaven, it's not popular to talk about, it's not sexy to talk about, but I've got to, or in hell, the shepherd's staff. He wants to be your shepherd. He has a great plan for your life. Also notice this, the dominant color of this candy cane is white. White stands for purity. I am not pure, nor are you. On my best day, after my best sermon, best funeral, best wedding, I'm not pure. No one is pure. Well, we have a problem. God is pure. He can't look at anything dirty, anything sinful. So what did he do? He sent Jesus, who was born in a manger, 
Jesus, who crawled out of a manger, lived a sinless life, a righteous life, a life totally pure, died sacrificially, rose bodily. Now we have an opportunity to receive Christ. And if we receive Christ, he comes in and makes our lives as white as snow. Nothing that I do, something that he has done, but I simply receive what he has done. So now when God sees me, he doesn't see, well, there's Ed Young, he's totally impure. No, no, he sees the purity of his son. Isaiah chapter one, verse 18 says, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as, how sweet is that? That is a sweet deal. That's the sweetest deal in the world. The candy cane, it's crooked. The candy cane, a shepherd's staff. The candy cane, it's about the purity that's offered to us in Christ. And see the red stripe? That's the blood of Jesus. You heard me say earlier that in the Old Testament, they, they killed unblemished animals. They would spill the blood of a third party to atone for the sins of man. Well, Jesus, after he died on the cross, spilled his blood, conquered death, it was the death of death, his blood sacrifice cleanses you and me. It purifies you and me. It, it, it power washes you and me. That's, that's Christmas. I mean, I could go on and on. It has a peppermint flavor. You know, peppermint is sort of like the hyssop plant. The hyssop plant was used back in the Old Testament when the Israelites were leaving Egyptian slavery. Again, they took an unblemished animal, killed it, took the hyssop plant, and used the hyssop plant as a paintbrush to paint the blood over the doorpost so the death angel would pass over the household. The blood saves. There's power in the blood. Go to the doctor. What does the doctor say, man? I want to do your blood work. I want to check your blood work. And the doctor dials into it and drills down and more and more. We're finding more and more about how there's life. There is life in the blood, this, this, this peppermint. And this is hard candy. It's hard, man. It's, it's, it's just, and, and we, can, we can think about this, the promises of God. The, the foundation of the promises of God. We can think about so many things in our culture kind of around sifting sand, shifting sand. This is, this is just hard. We, we build our lives on the foundation of the church. We can, we can count on it because it's the only thing that Jesus ever built. So this red represents his, his, his blood and, and it, this, this peppermint flavor and then you know, if I had this candy cane, I mean, I have a giant mouth the size of a largemouth bass, but I can't eat it by myself. I'm going to break it and taste it and share it. And I could tell you about, okay, this is the candy cane and give you the 350-year history of the candy cane and tell you how it was bent and tell you how hot it is if you even actually are a candy maker. I could tell you all about the candy cane. You could believe in the candy cane, but until you unwrap it, until you taste it, you won't know the essence of the candy cane. But here's something else about the candy cane. Real quick. Do you like this? What is it? That's the letter J. 
Jesus. Christmas is about Jesus. What does Jesus mean? God saves. Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus, the beginning and the end. Jesus, the comforter and deliverer, my faithful friend. Jesus, God's Son, the Holy One. The work's been done, infallible, justifiable, reliable. Messages in the Bible. He's appointed and He's anointed, never disjointed. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you're sick, he's the great physician. If you need guidance, he is the way, the truth, and the life. If you're dealing with doubt, he has wisdom. I'm talking about the candy cane, Jesus. That's right. And let's worship him. Please be seated just for a second. You know, just recently, I had something happen to me that was uh, very interesting, and, and it, was so, it was so paradoxical that I thought, man, God, maybe you're telling me something. Maybe I should remember this. And sure enough, something happened that I want to share with you. I had the opportunity to do a destination wedding. In fact, it was probably the most beautiful wedding I've ever officiated in. I came back from the wedding. It was out of the country. And I moved from the wedding 24 hours later to a funeral. A friend of mine, a good friend of mine in the ministry, Greg Rollinger, died after a hellacious fight with a disease called multi-sensory atrophy. Your muscles freeze up, it is horrible. To watch him and to text with him and to see him along the way, it was just, I, I, I saw Jesus in his life. Amazing. Greg had a beautiful wife, four kids, a dynamic church, just an amazing, amazing guy. But the last year and a half, the only way he could communicate was through grunts and groans. In fact, the doctors were shocked. He was still hanging on. Greg died December the 6th at 8 a.m. A week later, his wife Lori faced their anniversary alone for the first time. The doorbell rang, Lori said, and a florist was there with a gargantuan arrangement of flowers. A love note was there, written by Greg. Greg had made provision for this gift to his bride days before he died. His death preceded the gift. I said to myself, that's Christmas. Jesus' death preceded the gift. God in his genius arranged what Jesus did prior to the death, burial, and resurrection. And now, 
It's been presented. You were given this. A gift demands a response. You either receive it or not. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or the woman who takes refuge in him. Dear Heavenly Father, I know we have many people here. Some are cynics, some are seekers, some are skeptical. Some of us have been rescued by your grace. If you've never, ever, ever acquiesced and given the totality of who you are to the Lord, you can make that decision right now by saying, Jesus, take control of my life. Forgive me, Lord. Purify me, cleanse me. I believe you spilled your blood on the cross for my sins, and right now, I receive that gift. I wanna taste and see, because he challenges you and me, doesn't he? That you're good. You've tried this, you've tried that. Now it's time to try Jesus. Once you try Jesus, it's the best thing, the best thing that you'll ever do. Maybe this is all new to you, and you're like, you know, I wanna think about it, that's cool. Continue to kick tires and test the waters, and if you're truly open, I promise you, God will reveal himself to you. Lord, we thank you for this time, in Christ's name. Thank you for listening and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.